Um, I'm so honored that we have him as one of the voices in our church. And so I want to invite Pastor Randy to come on up. And uh, would you give a, a good Grove welcome? Would you stand on your feet and welcome Pastor Randy to the Grove today? Thank you. Appreciate you, Pastor Randy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Pastor Eric, for, uh, for this opportunity to, to be here today and uh, to share God's word with you. And uh, it's, uh, it's a privilege for me to be invited to be a part of your leadership team and, uh, and to help Pastor Eric and Pastor Sincerity. And, and uh, it's a delight to be here today. I don't know about you, but this is my absolute favorite weekend of the year. Um, this is the best weekend ever. I, I, hate, I hate March, but I love November. Uh, and how many of you, you got that extra hour sleep last night? How many of you just partied longer last night? Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're delighted to be here. My wife, Debbie, is here. We've been married 38 years. And, uh, and we have, uh, yes, she's put up with a lot in 38 years. And uh, we, have, uh, we have four children, um, our old, and we have four grandchildren. And uh, any grandparents in the house? Yeah. Grandparents, uh, grandchildren rock. In fact, somebody said grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your kids, and uh, and so we're we're delighted to have four uh, four grandchildren, and uh, our oldest son Eric and his family live in Farmington. Uh, in fact, our youngest son Seth just uh, just became our interim children's pastor, and uh, then our daughter Tiffany and her family live in the Seattle area. They're on staff at a church up there. And uh, in 2002, our uh, our daughter Heather uh, went to be with the Lord unexpectedly, and uh, and so we have one that's safe at home, and and the rest of us are are anxious to be there uh, with our Savior. And it's a it's great to be here uh, at the Grove. What a great church! I, I've watched this grow, watched the Grove uh, from its inception, and uh, and it's a delight to be here today. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, whether it's a tree version or an e version, uh, I want to invite you to go to Genesis chapter 32. Uh, today I want to talk to you about what is your name. And uh, just turn to the person next to you and just ask them, what, what, what is your name? Did you find out their name? Isn't it kind of awkward when you go, what's your name, and they don't tell you? Um, that's kind of an awkward thing. Um, but names are important, and, uh, and today we're going to be looking at a, at a man from Scripture by the name of Jacob, and uh, Genesis chapter 32 uh, is where I'm going to be, and, and the Scriptures I'm going, to, I'm going to be using are on the screen, but in Genesis chapter 32, we find this guy Jacob, and uh, uh, to give you kind of some backstory on him, at this particular point in his life, he's, he's, uh, he's seeking reconciliation with his brother Esau. Because uh, they've been at conflict from birth, and uh, and he has been running from his brother for 20 years, and we'll we'll talk more about the reasons behind that in a minute. But uh, but he's at a critical juncture in his life, and some things are rapidly developing, rapidly changing. And in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, it says, "During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons, and crossed the Jabbok River with them." After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. 
When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Father, we just thank you today for your love for us. Father God, today we ask you to speak into our lives. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that our minds are alert, our hearts are open, our spirits are ready to receive what you want to plan in us today. Father, we thank you for speaking to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to talk to you about today is the, um, is the conflict that we face with ourselves sometimes. Because sometimes we don't quite measure up to who we want to be. And, uh, and we live in the, in the selfie society. Um, I forget how many millions of selfies are taken uh, taken every day in the U.S. and spread through through social media, and and the thing about the thing about selfies is that you can make yourself whoever you want to be. I mean, I I could have uh, I could have sent you a selfie of me on a treadmill, and uh, and and you would have never known that the only time I was on a treadmill was to take the picture until you showed up this morning. You went that guy's never been on a treadmill. Um, but, but you can create any kind of persona that you want to make and, and it, you can be anything that you want to be and it, and it can be real or it can be fake. It can be anything. And, and of course, uh, sometimes the news media, you know, we discover that somebody portrayed themselves as different than, than what they are. And, and today what, what, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about, about God changing names. Because all of us ha- have a name. It's, it's our identity. It's, you know, when we introduce ourselves, we tell people what our name is. Had a great time last night with Pastor Eric and Pastor Sincerity and, and, uh, and got to hear the story uh, behind the names of their children. And, uh, and that's how we're identified. And yet when we read through Scripture and we just read a portion of Scripture, we find time and time again where God changes people's names. That he says, this is what you were called. This is, this is now what you're going to be called. That Simon was changed from Simon to Peter. He went from being a reed to being a rock. That there was deep meaning behind that. And, and there's meaning in Jacob's name. And uh, if we go all the way uh, back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 25, here, here's the beginning of Jacob's life. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. I find it fascinating that she went to God and said, hey, God, why is this happening to me? She, she didn't have the advantage that we have today of ultrasound. And, uh, and she didn't know what was going on. All she knew was that uh, her womb seemed really crowded and really busy. And, uh, you know, as a guy, we can never identify with that. You know, I'm, I'm like, I have no clue what that would have felt like uh, to have um, a living being uh, inside of you moving around. 
And, uh, and you ladies are amazing. I, I, don't, I, I don't know about a situation where, you know, my only way out is pain. I, I just don't. I can't relate to that. Uh, you know, something moving around, living inside of you. I guess the only way a guy would ever experience that is if we got a tapeworm, you know, that maybe then we would understand that. But she's, she's wondering about what's taking place inside of her. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat, so they named him Esau. Now, the meaning of Esau is Harry. I have no clue why they did not call him Harry. Uh, it would just seem natural, but they called him Esau, which means Harry. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. On the day they're born, they're going to, they're going to determine their names. Harry is Esau. Jacob is called Jacob because Jacob means heel grabber or supplanter. It also means deceiver. And, and the meaning of the name became reality in their lives. Now, Esau, obviously, he was named Esau because of his physical characteristics. Jacob is called Jacob because of things that were going on in his life that were evident from birth. That he was a, he was a deceiver. He had, uh, he had that me first attitude. He always wanted to be first. He always wanted to be in charge. He always wanted to be the leader. He always wanted to have what somebody else had. And, you know, sometimes we fall into that, that we want what other people have. Uh, we could call it the Ur syndrome, that we want to be richer, we want to have a bigger house, we want to be thinner. And the problem with that is we find people who are Ur-Ur, that there's always somebody who's thinner, and there's somebody always richer, but we can get consumed in that in, in trying, to, trying to get this me-first idea that that. I want to, I want to be the leader. And that's, that's what Jacob struggled with. In fact, Jacob, Jacob went way beyond struggling. Jacob determined that that's what was going to happen. And as you read the story of, of Jacob in the book of Genesis, you discover that, that what he did was every time he turned around, he was deceiving somebody. He deceived Esau out of his, out of his birthright. On a, caught him in a weak moment and took his birthright away from him. And, and today we don't really much understand about birthright, but it was very significant in those days. But there's also another time in his life, and it's near the time that Isaac is about to die. We know that Isaac was about 60 years old when, when, uh, when the twins were born. Now we fast forward to the, to the end of Isaac's life. And one of the, one of the really important things to have happen was to have the Father's blessing. Now, today, we don't, we don't understand much about that. We don't, we don't really do those kind of things. But in, in biblical times, it was a critically important thing to be, have the blessing pronounced over you. And it was the right of the firstborn to have the blessing. And, and in a moment, Jacob and Rebekah connive and scheme to take the blessing away from Esau. 
Jacob already has the birthright, which meant that he got double the inheritance of anyone else in the family. It meant that he became the judge for the family. It meant that he became the priest of the home when the dad had passed away. And now he's going after the blessing. And there was conflict in the home between Rebecca and uh, and Esau because Rebecca loved Jacob. Esau, I mean uh, Isaac loved Esau, and and so Rebecca sets it up where Jacob is not only going to get the birthright, but he's going to rob him of his blessing. And we find that that story in Genesis chapter 27 because Jacob is concerned about how Esau is going to respond. (laughs) Really? Uh, That took some thinking. But here's what Rebekah says. But his mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. Now, wait, let's stop right there. How hairy was this guy? I mean, when you're taking the skin of a young goat and putting it on the back of somebody's hand and on the back of their neck, I mean, how hairy was Harry? Apparently, Harry was very hairy. And so, Rebecca goes to these great lengths to to deceive Isaac. It says, then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So, Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said, yes, my son, Isaac answered, who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. That's a little forceful, I think. It's like, okay, sit up, eat. I need your blessing. Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? Oh, here's a dangerous statement. The Lord your God put it in my path. You know you're in trouble when you start blaming God for your deception. When you start including God in it, that I, here's how I found it so fast. God help me. No, my mama helped me. That's what he should have said. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's. So he really was that hairy. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau, he asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, now, my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed from the dew of heaven and the richest richness of the earth. May God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed and all who bless you will be blessed. 
Jacob totally deceived his father. He did everything in his power to deceive him. To the point of putting on Esau's clothes, to, point, to, to bringing food that he knew would be Isaac's favorite food, to the, to the putting on of the, of the goat skins. I mean, Jacob is really fulfilling his name that he is the deceiver. That he's doing everything that he can to take whatever he wants to make sure that he is first above everything else. And it works. Isaac pronounces the blessing on, on Jacob that should have been Esau. And Jacob gets what he's after. He's after the blessing. He's after everything that should have been Esau's. Jacob is after that. And he gets it all. The problem is, is in the process, he loses himself. Because for the next 20 years, Jacob is running for his life. The next 20 years, he's running from Esau because Esau is hunting him down because Esau is going to kill him. You see, Jacob continues to fulfill his name. He continues to be the heel grabber. He continues to be the deceiver. Now, when we think about this, I mean, when we think about somebody being this deceptive, sometimes we, we wonder about, well, how old were they when they did this? Jacob was 70 years old. When he engaged in this deception of his father with the cooperation of his mother, he now has everything that he wanted. But when he grabbed it, it became empty because he lost who he was. You see, in Luke chapter 9, verse 25, Jesus said, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? And that's exactly where Jacob is. He's gotten everything that he wanted. And sometimes that happens to us, that, that we think that it's going to be in that, that next job offer, it's going to be in that next car, or it's going to be in that next house, or it's going to be in that next whatever that, that we're finally going to be fulfilled. And then we get there and we go, this feels so empty. This is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. I thought if I could just get that next, whatever it is, I mean, we, we could fill in the blank with all kinds of things, that, that that's where my fulfillment's going to come. And if I could just get there, and we see it in Jacob, that he does everything that he possibly can to get everything that he wants, and then when he gets it, he discovers it does not bring what he thought it was going to bring. He finds himself on the run. He's no longer at family reunions. He's never, he's never able to, to engage with his family. He's, he's on the run because he knows his brother's going to kill him. You see, Jacob has his father's blessing that he robbed from Esau. And now the story that we began this message with in Genesis 32 is now 20 years later. And, and we discover that now Jacob is not wrestling with Esau or with Isaac or he's striving after something. All of a sudden we discover that who Jacob is struggling with is he is actually struggling with God. That when the New Living Translation says, 
that he was wrestling with a man. If you're reading another version, particularly New King James Version, you'll discover that man is capitalized. Anytime you see that capitalization, it's, in, it's an indication of God. And so here, Jacob is wrestling with God. And he wrestles with God all night long. And I want to I go back to that story in verse 26. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob. You see, we find another place where Jacob is asked his name. His dad asked him. says, what is your name? And Jacob says, I'm Esau. And here in this passage, we see and we finally discover, and Jacob finally discovers, I'm a deceiver. And he owns his name. He says, just, just call me Jacob. That's, that's who I am. And then we find... That he may have robbed other blessings, but he gets an amazing blessing. You know, sometimes we make ourselves out to be who we are not. I talked about selfies a while ago and how we can make ourselves whoever we want to be. Here's what you have to understand. God can never bless who you pretend to be. God can never bless who we pretend to be. What God wants us to do is God wants us to be real. God wants us to be real with him. And and today, I want you to know that no matter what your background is, no matter, as we've seen here, no matter what your name may be, that there is a God who can handle your stuff. No matter what it may look like, no matter what it may be. And today, you may be saying, well, you know, Randy, you don't know what I've done. It's true. You don't know what I've done. But what I have done is I have discovered a God who can handle my stuff. That can handle my past. That can handle the issues that I struggle with. You see, it goes on to say in verse 28, watch this. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Jacob, you've been the deceiver, but now you're going to be Israel. Israel means triumphant with God. He says, you were once Jacob, but I want you to know, no more are you going to be Jacob. Because I'm going to change your name. Just like Jesus changed Peter's name from reed to a rock. Just like Abram's name was changed from Abram to Abraham. God says, I want you to know, I'm instilling something different in you. And from this point in Scripture... When you see Jacob referred to, he's not only referred to as Jacob, he's also referred to as Israel. And sometimes he's referred to as Jacob, other times he's referred to as Israel. And what that tells us is that sometimes this transformation, this transition from going to an old life to a new life, sometimes messy. Sometimes we do really good. Sometimes we still struggle. Sometimes things are are really good. Sometimes things are difficult. 
And what do we do in that transition? It's to understand that God is at work in our lives and and he wants to work us through that transition. That whatever it may look like, even those times where it gets messy, because when you read the story, there are times when Jacob shows up. There are other times when Israel shows up. There are times where, where the old deceiver sometimes rears his head. There are other times where a man triumphant in God stands strong. You see, but it's, it's God wanting to change us. It's God working in us and through us. I want us to move ahead in time. The children of Israel have been in captivity for several hundred years. And they've been crying out to, to God for a deliverer. And God puts his hand on a man by the name of Moses. And... Moses has his own issues. In fact, he's, he's in the wilderness because of his issues that he had in his life. And he's tending a herd of sheep. And on this particular day, he notices that a, that a bush is on fire. And they tell me that in that particular region of Israel, in that particular area of desert, it's not unusual at all due to the heat of the day and the, and the makeup of these particular bushes. It's not uncommon for a bush to erupt into flames. And that wasn't what caught Moses' attention. What caught Moses' attention was the fact that, that this bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. It was, it was staying the same way that it was. It wasn't burning down. It was just still staying there. And Moses goes over and 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 approaches the bush just to see what's going on. And out of the bush, God speaks to Moses. And Moses is struggling because God is telling him, I want you to go back. You're the deliverer. I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to I want you to be involved in setting my people free. And and Moses basically argues with God. And Moses says when I go, who, who should I tell is sending me? In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, it tells, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent, you, sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Verse 15 I find interesting. Because God says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. He doesn't say I'm the God of Israel. He says I'm the God of Jacob. He says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. You would think after Jacob's name change that he would say, and I'm the God of Israel. But instead, he says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of the deceiver. And I'll just tell you, that gives me great hope. That he is not just my God when I get it right, but he's my God when I get it wrong.
He's my God when, when, when things are going good. He's my God when things are not going well. And here in the, in the book of all books for generations to read, he says, I want you to know I declare myself as the God of Jacob. I know he didn't get it right. I know he blew some things. But I want you to know I'm still his God. I'm glad that when I make mistakes, when things don't go well in my life, that God does not kick me to the curb, that God says, I want you to know, Randy, I'm still your God. Because I don't know about you, but there's times where my where, where the good side shows up and it's awesome. Then there's those other times where I make mistakes. Sometimes I make goofy decisions that I don't even realize was a goofy decision until later. And God says, I want you to know something. I'm still your God. He went from Jacob to Israel. You know, in our lives, sometimes we pick up names. Names that other people call us. When I was in high school, I was called Jaws. Only because people didn't want to say Jocelyn, because that's my last name. So I was Jaws. Some of us picked up names like, you're an addict. Some of us have picked up names like, you're a failure. Some of us have been told things like, you're never going to make it. And I want you to know, there's a God who wants to change your name. He wants to give you the name that he's given you. That he has called you blessed. He has called you the head and not the tail. He's called you to be above and not beneath. That he's the God that says, I still want to be your God, even when you blow it. Even when last night was a mistake, I want you to know, I still love you. I'm still for you. I'm still on your side. And just like he changed Jacob's name to Israel, he wants to call you by your new name, But he's also the God that says, when you make mistakes, I'm still going to be your God. He says, all you got to do is ask for forgiveness. He says, if if we confess our sins, if we tell God what we've done wrong. Here's the amazing thing is sometimes we don't want to tell God. It's like he didn't know. Well, God, I'm going to give you some information you didn't know. God goes, no, I already knew that. What I need for you to do is I need to do what Jacob did when he owned his name, and he said, this is who I am. And we just say, God, I can't do this. I've got to have you. I've got to have you in my life. I've got to have you to make me what I can never make myself. You can see in that, in that moment when Jacob wrestled with God and his name was changed, he became an entirely different person. You, you read it through the rest of the rest of Genesis. That Jacob becomes the head of the nation that we call the children of Israel. That Jacob is that person. Began life as a deceiver. Oh, let me tell you what I'm glad of. I'm glad I don't have to finish how I started. And today, it doesn't matter how you started. It's how you finish. And God can make a radical difference in your life. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that we could be different. 
so that we don't have to live with the past. We don't have to live with the shame. We don't have to live with the condemnation. We don't have to wonder if, if anything's gonna, gonna be exposed. God says, I want you to know that you have an opportunity to put that in your past. And I want to change your name. I want to call you blessed. I want to call you born again. I want to call your life changed. Father, I thank you today for your amazing love for us. Father God, that today, Lord, you're, you're still changing names. Oh, we still go by our names, Lord, but you have, you have changed us. That we're not the people that we used to be. Father God, and in those times, Lord, when we struggle, Father, I thank you that you come alongside and you strengthen us. Father God, and today, Lord, we thank you for your amazing love for us. I want to ask you to keep your heads bowed for just a moment. Because today can be a day of change for you. Today things can be different. The guilt can be gone. The shame can be gone. And it's all because of Jesus. And what God tells us is that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. That He's the one who makes old things pass away and everything become new. And today can be that day for you. That today things can be changed. Things can be different. The shame, the guilt, all of that is taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ. By His sacrifice 2,000 years ago. Because God loves you that much that He would send His Son to die on a cross so that we could come into relationship with Him so we could experience the freedom that only comes in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're like Jacob. We try all kinds of other stuff that maybe this will be the time. Maybe this will be the event. Maybe this is what it's going to take. Only to come up empty. God says, I want to bring fulfillment into your life. And it happens through Jesus Christ. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, in just a moment, I want to lead you in a prayer. But today, if you want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, Pastor Randy, that... That's me today. I need a change. I need, I need a difference to happen in my life. I'm tired of going after stuff that just never satisfies. And today, if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand straight up over your head. Say, Pastor, that, that's me, Pastor Randy. That's, that's me. I, I need a change in my life today, and today's going to be my day. When I count to three, I just, I just want you to slip your hand right straight up. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need a change in my life today. I don't want you to think about it. You know what needs to happen in your life. And today is the day. There's no day like today. So on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand straight up over your head. I just want you to leave it, leave it up for just a moment. 
One, two, three. Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you just leave your hand up just for a moment? Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every hand that's lifted right now. Father God, and I thank you that you see our hearts even beyond our hands. Father God, that our heart is for you. Our change is after you, Lord. Father God, we want you to help us today. Father God, and we thank you for it. Here's what I want to do. You can put your hand down now. I want those of us who are followers of Jesus, I want us to help them. And we're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to pray a phrase, and I'm going to ask everybody in the building to to repeat the phrase after me. Because it's a very simple prayer. Just asking Jesus for forgiveness, asking Jesus to come into our lives. So I want to ask everyone to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I've been doing things wrong. And I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is the only son of God. I believe he died on a cross. So that I could be forgiven. I believe he rose from the dead. So that I could have eternal life. Thank you for forgiving me. The things I'm doing wrong. I'm going to stop doing, and I need your help. Come into my life. Be in charge of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and share with you today. Pastor Eric.